0: Back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon and I'm here with Mims. How are you?
1: You know what, today I'm just very sleepy. I don't know why. I just, I'm just so tired today. I didn't even have like a crazy, you know, like New Year's and I'm recovering. I'm just, I don't know. Today is just a weird day.
0: But it's that die. full moon energy that's
1: coming in. <laughs> I, I knew you
0: were going to tell me something related
1: to the moon. I was like, I don't know. If she's gonna tell me why. What's wrong with me? <laughs>
0: it's a full moon on the sixth, and people are like, I already feel it. It's a like I am. I don't feel recharged at all. You no, know, this time of year is like a lot of purging going on. I feel like Just like emotions and old energy. And... Well, I I could do without all the old
1: things because I'm pretty good now. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Um well we hope everybody had a great New Year's, a safe New Year's. I know that on New Year's Eve it was in our area. It was like um like ice raining. Mm-hmm. So the roads were really slick and I know that you know people drive still so on um New Year's Eve to get to their places, and there were some people that veered off on the highway, so that would be cool. I don't know how many accidents there were, but I've heard it a um, But I'm hoping everybody was okay and everybody was safe and don't regret their decisions. <laughs> right.
0: I'm to be calling. My job. <laughs> Right, I will be hearing about all the drunken New Year's Eve people that got picked up eventually, right? Right, so probably two days before their court date. Like, oh, I got picked up, here to be, and it's April now, and they're like, we have court tomorrow. Oh,
1: god, that must (laughs) be so annoying!
0: Yeah, I'm just like, I'm not surprised by it though, right? People still avoid it until they're absolutely confronted with it
1: I think that's the way of the world though because when I worked in property management and they we would have to go to court for evictions they would literally the day before maybe the day before that they would be like okay what have I gonna do and I'm like oh god like this is
0: this is uh you don't got much many options right now you know well, anxiety does this weird thing for some people where it just causes them to be like paralyzed. Like debilitating. Yeah, it's debilitating. They can't like get over the anxiety part to do something.
1: Yeah. And for me, I can't stop thinking about it. So then yeah, I have to act too. on it so that my brain can rest. Yeah. Otherwise, like I'm in hysteria and I can't last that long. Otherwise you know, I'm, I'm, I am bothering myself. And then I start bothering other people because I'm so anxious about it. Yeah. So I can't, I don't work that way. I got to get things off my plate. Cause I, I can't do that.
0: No, I can't either. Like I start getting stressed if it's like a couple of days that my bills are going to be due. Like I yeah. need everything paid early. Yeah. So I don't have to think about it. Exactly. Everything's on no, my
1: pay on my end. Like, I don't even yeah. think about it. Like there's just <laughs> I know things are getting paid automatically. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. If I had
0: to go to court, I'd probably be calling like, can we get this done a little sooner?
1: (laughs) Let's bump this. I need to get this off my plate because I can't handle it. No, I get it. Yeah, no, people deal with it differently. I am kind of thankful that I'm one of those people that have the other type of anxiety because if I was like, hey, I'll put it off and put it off, I'd probably be living a different life right now
0: definitely yeah. definitely we yeah. would be yeah
1: okay well, well I-, I don't have any other news to you
0: um no I've been trying to avoid paying attention to the world as much as possible that's totally fair totally fair
1: well we are heading into the new year with a sinner suggestion. We love our Yay. suggestions. Um, and this is the Christina Ross case. And my sources are from Fox Eleven News, the Cinemaholic, Finding a Grave, and Web Sleuths.
0: Ooh, I, love I love Web, Web, Sleuth. Web
1: Sleuths. Yes. <laughs> okay, so this might be a really familiar story to people. So this Um, So Christina's parents, Robert and Cynthia Ross, went through something that no parent should have ever gone through in November of 2004. They unfortunately were the ones who found uh, Christina's deceased body in the trunk of her vehicle in the parking lot of a Piggly Wiggly Um, So the police were scrambling upon the discovery of her body. They made finding her killer a top priority. Um, It was just, you know, a girl in the trunk of her car that was Mm -hmm. not good for the community. Everybody was very concerned on what was going on. Um, Before we talk about the murder investigation, let's talk about who Christina Ross was. So Christina Marie Ross was born on November 20th, 1983 in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, She graduated from Menasha High School in 2003, and she was a checker at Piggly Wiggly. So really just like a Fox Valley girl at like the truest form. (laughs) And she was doing what most young women did. She was trying to save up to buy her own car. She bought herself a little Dodge Neon, and it was so cute. And she was just getting her driver's license. So she was like making it as an adult. Um, And Christina was described as a loving and respectful person. And she had her whole future ahead of herself. Everybody that talked about her had um, nothing but good words to say. Um, so her parents began to worry when they couldn't reach her over a weekend in November 2004. The last time Christina's parents saw her was on November 12th before they went on a trip. And despite multiple calls to the home phone, there was no answer Um, when her parents got back home on November 14th, they realized that the 20 year old was nowhere to be found. And then they went straight away to the police. So they wasted no time. Um, they went to go check her job just to see maybe they didn't let her, they didn't let them know that she was working and maybe she was just, you know, there, um, But instead, they found her car in the parking lot. And to them, they were like, that's really weird. Why would I can't find her in the store? She's not at home. Why is her car here? So they were looking around. And unfortunately, they found her body wrapped in a sheet with her ankles bound in duct tape. Just really awful. So after an autopsy was conducted, it was determined that that the cause of death was strangulation. So definitely murdered. Yeah. And Christina's mother actually did happen on a key piece of evidence. Um, She found a note that her daughter wrote that said she would visit someone named TJ. And that was huge. That was the lead that the investigators needed. And that led them to the discovery of Thomas J. Blake who lived in Menasha. So the police started piecing this puzzle together and started building a case against Thomas. They set the timeline for Christina's death on November 13th. So Thomas, when questioned by police, stated he was at home playing video games with 15-year-old Billy Duncan. And you're probably thinking, okay, he has an alibi, he's good to go. Well, you'd be wrong. Then the police turned their attention to Billy. So they separated them, questioned them individually, which is smart to do. And after questioning him, they found out more information. So Billy initially told the police that Christina was at the apartment. So obviously, um, Thomas never mentioned that she was at the apartment to begin with. So that was more information that they knew and he said he left at around 6 p.m. that night, which poked a hole in Thomas's alibi as Billy was not there throughout the entire night. Right. Police knew Billy wasn't telling them everything, so they applied a little bit more pressure. It isn't specifically say what mm-hmm. kind of pressure, but, I mean, he's a teenager. They're authority figures. I'm sure they, you know, said some things to make him crack. Yeah. And... Under that pressure, he admitted to helping Thomas move Christina's body out of the house. So, bingo, that's exactly what they were looking wow. for. He instantly caved, was like, I'll tell you everything.
0: I bet um, he's only just a boy. Like, that's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I feel bad, but also, you shouldn't be helping people move bodies out of houses like that. Like, you, sh-
0: yeah. This is just not no. but that's possible. a really scary situation to be in like I just killed this person helped me move them I would be thinking maybe I should so they don't kill me too I'm just gonna tell later <laughs> that's true yeah but like, especially they, like a 15 year old boy I can't right. imagine what he was yeah. thinking this is not
1: typical teenage behavior so no um so the police then brought Thomas back in for an interrogation they have more Uh information they don't or Thomas doesn't know that he knows all this or that they knew all of this so they're gonna come back at him hard so under that Thomas did instantly confess to killing Christina there was really nothing for him to deny about what happened so according to him the two were in a sexual relationship at that time and she had come over to the apartment on the day of the murder. Thomas claimed that Christina was obsessive and when he had asked her if she wanted to do something kinky, she agreed. And what I really hate is when people are like, oh, she's a, she or he is obsessed with me, but then like feed into it with asking to do kinky and outlandish things and it's like why would you feed into this obsession if you don't like it it doesn't make any sense
0: maybe they do like it I prefer people to be obsessed with me we all know that (laughs) (laughs) no I totally get it though I I love
1: when people are obsessed with me so (laughs) that's such a bad thing to say out loud (laughs) um we're gonna move past that (laughs) So they, so he had handcuffed Christina and wrapped an extension cord around her neck and strangled her. So was.
0: That's a little too far for Kinky. That's not Kinky anymore.
1: Mm -mm, No, that's way too far. He said, quote, Christina put up a struggle for about 10 minutes. I was straddling her from behind I was basically laying on her, pulling on the extension cord. We were not having sex at this point. End quote. So clearly, this is not. I mean, I guess you could be doing this and it still being like a sexual thing, but like, ah, uh, this but is torture.
0: Yeah. How are I? I'm, I'm confused, and how I think is this just an excuse? I think he's trying
1: to say this is sex gone bad, but clearly okay. he also contradicted himself by saying we weren't having sex at this point. Right, that doesn't make any sense. this He's a child. Obviously, he doesn't make any yeah. sense. Right. So, oh, and also I didn't mention before, but so Billy was 15 and Thomas is 20. So I think that also- is a reason why maybe Billy did help him because he was maybe felt pressured that this older guy like you said before was going to do something to him and he's capable and he's older and he has more strength on him or whatever yeah okay so Thomas covered Christina's mouth when he when she screamed and held a cord wrapped around her neck for about half an hour after she stopped struggling. So it was a long time that she fought for her life, which is really That's sad. Horrible. Then Thomas and Billy put the body in her car's trunk after which he drove it to the parking lot where it was eventually found by her parents uh, Thomas discarded the car keys in the garage and then a search warrant of his house revealed that Thomas maintained a journal so listen to this he wrote in his journal that he wanted to kill with a part of it stating quote my thirst for killing won't go away end quote wow um, his roommate Rusty stated that Thomas did talk about murdering people in the past just casually and I don't know how you can talk about murder casually. Nobody thought that that was strange. Nobody thought that was a red flag. Okay people don't just talk about murder. No I guess we do. In this well, yeah
0: but we don't just talk about like I really want to murder people. No absolutely not. No, we talk about how fucked up these people are that are constantly murdering people. Very true. So it's a it, difference. It, if you think about murdering people, you should go to therapy. Absolutely. I mean, I
1: think everybody should go to therapy, but yeah, especially those people that want to murder. In 2005, Thomas, then about 20 years old, um, pleaded no contest to first degree intentional homicide. After hearing the victim impact statements and considering the recommendations of the precedence investigation report, the state and the defense, um, the court sentenced Thomas to life in prison without the possibility of extended supervision. So he got it. (laughs) Later on, he claimed that he didn't plan to kill Christina, adding that it happened while having sex and trying something different. Buddy, you can't, you can't claim sex gone wrong when you stay. You we weren't even having sex yet, so it's just you can't do that.
0: And um, if you're having sex and you want to choke people, don't choke them till they die.
1: No, and you shouldn't straddle somebody to the point where they are incapacitated. Thirty minutes. I mean, she was fighting for thirty minutes. Thirty, 30 minutes. That's. that's I mean, after one minute and she's still fighting you should be like okay establish a safe word like every other normal couple out there or whatever sexual partners like safe words are what they're there for and clearly that that wasn't that type of situation no that was not at
0: all a safe situation
1: so he was then said to Red Granite Correctional Institution in Washera County to serve a sentence. Um, A state of appeals court upheld Thomas's conviction for Christina's murder because Thomas tried to appeal and claimed his attorneys were ineffective and that there is new evidence in the case. And a judge, you know, just said, no, I'm denying this and denying these motions. Um, His defense attorney Len Kaczynski argued that Thomas wasn't adequately advised of a po- potential or possible defense and the probability of conviction on a lesser charge. Um, but like I said, the appeals court rejected that and they obviously went back to what was stated in the murder journal of quote, my thirst for killing won't go away. I know someday that they will use this against me, end quote. So when you write something like that, they sure will. And then you
0: keep it? You write it down and then you keep it.
1: And then you kept it. Yeah. And
0: then you kill someone and, and then you, you keep still it. keep
1: it. And you still keep it. Yeah. So he's still serving his time and... um yeah, I mean, if you're going to commit a crime, then don't, you know, write it down in a murder journal and tell everybody in town that you're you thirst for murder. Like, that's just.
0: And why will people do? Do that? Weird. That he's walking around talking about his thirst for murder.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, many red flags should have been good, going nope. up. I don't know. Gross. so that is a story of christina ross thank you uh, f- to our center for suggesting this story to us i had definitely heard it before and i've been meaning to cover it but um yeah I'm, I'm glad i know that this center was like i, I knew her or, or knew of her and she was really sweet so hopefully that was a good tribute to christina ross
0: You did a great job. I'm surprised I hadn't heard about that.
1: I am too, actually.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, you did a great job covering it. Thank you. All right, today I'm gonna talk about some missing men. I have two different ones. There's not tons of information, so I'm gonna do two different ones today. And the first one that I am going to talk about is The Disappearance of Michael Matthew Wyatt, and my sources are WisconsinMissing.org, CharlieProject.org, uh, his missing Facebook page, Medium.com, WebSleuths, Reddit, and mibsar.com. We'll start with the description. So, Michael was a Caucasian male, brown hair, blue eyes, six feet tall, and 235 pounds. He has a scar above his left eye and a mole on the left side of his nose on the edge of his nostril, and he has a tattoo on his right calf of the cartoon characters Tom and Jerry. Oh. He wears- <laughs> Are you surprised by that? Yeah, I mean... That's
1: interesting,
0: right? I think that like Looney Tunes characters used to be like a popular tattoo thing for like dads. <laughs> oh,
1: um, I well, I make really me think of dads when I think of Looney Tune
0: tattoos.
1: I, you know, I think I agree. I think I totally agree with that. What about that one where it acted like a little tornado? I That's think- what I
0: was thinking too. You read my mind the Tasmanian Devil one. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's definitely, definitely a dad that tattoo. Yes. yes. Yep. Totally.
0: Okay. And he wears eyeglasses. He may have a beard. And he may be known by the nickname or alias of John Wyatt Tooker. Okay. On why his nickname is a whole name. That sounds a little sus, yeah. But we don't judge. We <laughs> we don't judge. I mean, I have some aliases. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, are impartial here. We are impartial, definitely. So on June seventh of two thousand seventeen, Michael was supposed to be leaving the house that he shared with his wife Ginger and three kids in Pleasant Prairie, and then he was going to head to work in Illinois, but. He never made it to work. When his family returned home, they found his wallet and his cell phone and his keys at home, but his vehicle wasn't there. Mm, okay. So, yeah, it gets weirder. Later that night, Ginger, which I just love the name Ginger for some Me reason, too. like, it's just so, so cute. Yes. <laughs> Ginger was at home laying in bed and she said she heard a vehicle outside and she heard a car door, but she figured it was a neighbor because she never heard the door open at her house. She was thinking, I guess if Michael came home, he would have came in the door. Okay. I personally think I would have got up and checked, but that's just me. Right. I'm always looking out the window when I hear a car. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm <laughs> me too. Me too. But when she woke up in the morning, Michael's car was in the driveway. Mm, weird. Michael is not home. Right. His car was returned. Right. No. And then the other weird thing is, authorities have never said that they suspect foul play in this case, even though he just just disappeared. Mm. And. I guess some people think that he just decided to leave and start a new life, but his family doesn't support that idea. And there's no evidence that he just decided to disappear. Because I'm not sure why you would leave your car. Right. Yeah. I think like if I want to disappear, even if I want to drive like Another state, I could at least drive like halfway across the country and then like trade it in, and get a new car or something, you know? Like, yeah. where are you going without a car in Wisconsin? Not anywhere fast. No. Mm-mm. In November of 2017, a search was conducted of a wildlife area that he had been known to frequent. So it's the area where he liked to hang out. They thought maybe he went for a walk and something happened to him. So they brought in cadaver dogs and a cadaver dog did hit near a pond on this wildlife property. So they ended up draining the ponds, but they never found any evidence. Okay. He's just gone. Right. There's not been any sightings of him. He hasn't used any of his bank accounts. He left his cell phone at home. So if he did start over, he started completely over. with his with his alias or a different alias he would have had to get all new documentation and everything to start a new life Mm -hmm. which seems a little crazy so nothing popped up under his
1: the already known alias no huh that is really
0: strange Yeah, but I'm wondering if he has another alias. I mean, if you have a whole name for an alias. That's what I was thinking. You've already committed to a full alias. You you can come up with another one. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's very, very strange. And there's just, there's nothing else. It's like he disappeared. He didn't Mm -hmm. have his car. Then his car came home. Nobody knows how the car got home, but it's there. Right. And there was one search done and they didn't find him and mm-hmm. then everybody just like went on with their lives.
1: Yeah, no. That just sounds so weird to me.
0: Right. It's so I was like there has to be more to this story. I'm looking and looking and looking and nobody has any other information. It's just it blows my mind how somebody can just disappear
1: like that from their life, just like not here anymore.
0: Yeah. Just gone. Like you have a wife, a kids, a job, and now you're just gone. Gone. Yeah. He could have gone-girled them. He could
1: have. I wonder how many people gone-girl people, like their their families. Do you think that's like a normal thing or like a, the thing that, that happens often?
0: I don't know how often it happens, but it definitely does happen because I listen to a lot of missing persons. Podcasts, and mm-hmm. there are some that have been found, and they just don't want anything to do with their family. Holy shit. That's but like, tell your family. I At least know. Like, write a Dear John letter. Like, I'm not coming back. I can't fucking do this soccer practice three times a week, or whatever it is that, you know, pick up lines for three hours a day, whatever the little parent thing is that pushes you over the edge. Yeah. Just be honest right yeah these people have people forming search parties and missing persons posters and going on podcasts and right exactly just like out in cali living under the pier somewhere right <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> I'm living under the pier somewhere <laughs>
0: really great imagination today
1: <laughs> yeah oh man i don't know that takes, like, a certain type of person to to do that. Yeah.
0: There's definitely something wrong there that you can do that.
1: Yeah. But it happens. Right. It does, apparently. Yeah.
0: The next one is the disappearance of Andrew Bliss. So Andrew was from New York, and he decided to come to Wisconsin to disappear. Hmm. So I'll start with his description as well. He was a white male with brown hair and brown eyes. He was born December 26, 1979. So he was 23 the last time he was seen, but he would be 46 years old today. At the time of his disappearance, he was between 6'2 and 6'3 and he weighed approximately 180 pounds. He had his left ear pierced and he wore eyeglasses with dark wire frames and may have been carrying a cell phone. So on Friday, June 20th of 2002, a caller reported a a suspicious vehicle to the Sawyer County, Wisconsin Sheriff's Department. The vehicle was a silver gray 2001 Chevy Impala with New York license plates. And it was located on Federal Forest Road 162 in the Chacuamagon National Forest near Draper, Wisconsin which is about two miles north of State Highway 70. I was really out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And the car was out of gas. The keys were in the ignition and the doors were wide open. Oh. Yeah. The vehicle was subsequently searched and it was found to be registered to Andrew Bliss of Pulaski, New York. A search was conducted of the nearby area, including, like, the cabins that were in the area, and there was no sign of Andrew anywhere. Like, no sign that he had been there, or they definitely didn't find him there because he's still missing, but nothing to show where he had been. Like, he didn't leave a trail of any kind of belongings or anything behind.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So the Monday after the vehicle was found, the sheriff's department learned that an endangered missing persons report had been filed in New York regarding Andrew. The report stated that he was depressed over his recent breakup and that he had quit his job. So he had gone through a breakup and he was really sad. So he's like, fuck this job. I'm going to drive to Wisconsin. Right. And I'm not really sure what association he had with Wisconsin that he decided to drive all the way here because it's about 1100 miles from where he's from to where his car was found. Oh so my that's a gosh. really really long drive. Like I like to drive when I'm sad too, but that's a really long drive.
1: Yeah absolutely. Was that where the ex was?
0: I think she was in New York too.
1: Oh then that's extra strange.
0: Yeah. That's maybe he met a girl online on myspace
1: <laughs> oh myspace
0: <laughs> and it was discovered um during his drive he had ran out of gas two times before oh. this time yeah so he had been in contact with law enforcement agencies two times over the course of his trip from running out of gas apparently he didn't never stop to get gas he would just run out and then he'd be like ha, i'm out of gas <laughs> And he would just
1: call the police to help him?
0: They probably found him on the side of the road, took him oh. to get gas, and then he would go to the gas station, fill up, drive again, run out again. That is so
1: weird. Who does that?
0: Andrew. I don't know. Why. Andrew did that. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Super goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. No. On the day of his disappearance, a logging truck driver reported that he had seen Andrew at around 8 a.m. on the day that his vehicle was abandoned. He said that he had seen Andrew walking and he had smiled and waved to him as he had driven past him. And that was just about a half a mile from where his car was later located. So he must have just ran out of gas. Right. And he didn't seem to have a care in the world because his family and friends are worried about him being depressed, but... He's like, oh, I'm out of gas again, walking oh my down the street, God. smiling and waving. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I feel like there has to be some weed involved with this.
1: Mm, yeah, but I feel like you just don't not realize that you need to get gas from that. Maybe
0: his gas gauge was broken.
1: Oh, maybe. Yeah, I guess. That, that could be a possibility.
0: I had a really junky car with a broken gas gauge and I ran out of gas frequently.
1: (laughs) I had a a car where my
0: speedometer didn't work. So I had to like
1: kind of guess. And I kind of just followed the rest of the crowd too. (laughs)
0: Uh, You got to do what you got to do when you're young. (laughs) Got to do it. (laughs) Uh, The next day. After his car was found on Tuesday, June 24th, multiple search and rescue teams and local agencies did a ground and aerial search of the area. So they're like all hands on deck. We're going to find him. This is in the state for the federal state forest, you know, like we need to figure out where he is. Mm -hmm. But they never found any trace of him. They never found any clue as to where he went. And this was a really desolate and swampy area of the National Forest that he was in. So eventually, at the end of June, they just ended the search because they hadn't found anything. Like, they know he was there at one point, but if they didn't see his car there, and the guy didn't see him walking, there's nothing to show that he had ever been there. Right. Um. Later, about five years after his disappearance... A local newspaper stated that some searchers had brought cadaver dogs in and canvassed the area where he was last seen and that they had alerted to the presence of human remains. And a bone had been found under some leaves at the base of a tree, but they ended up sending it to a forensic anthropologist who determined that it was a bone from a bear, not from a human. Okay. So, no no sign of him after this. That's right. It. Wow. Crazy. So both these people just completely vanished. hmm Right. Wow. Strange
1: behavior and really strange circumstances.
0: Yeah. I have no idea what to think.
1: Me neither. I think with the being on the side of the road, maybe there is a likelihood that, and I really hope that this didn't happen, but there's a likelihood that maybe that person got picked up by the wrong person.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Because, I mean, he was running out of gas a lot. So Mm -hmm. that could have been a thing that maybe happened because it seems like he was fully intending on living. Right. Um, So he wasn't just like, doing something detrimental to him, his own life.
0: So yeah, it's just really weird. Yeah, Jesus. Really weird. If anybody has any information or if you can reach out to either the Pleasant Prairie authorities for the first one or Sawyer County authorities for the second one. The cases are still open. I don't know. I'm at a loss. Aliens, maybe? You know there's a whole thing in the National Forest about aliens. Our national forests any national forest? All the national forests in America have crazy disappearance stories. I don't want to look into that. I, that makes me really scared watched a whole bunch of documentaries like people be on the trail walking and then in the next second they're gone and the people they're with don't know where they went they're just gone campy
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god
1: Like i, I have enough fears in
0: my life like i will not bring my kids by myself in the national forest because of all of the kids yeah, that have vanished died. like on they field died. trips yeah will kids yeah. I don't know if there's like crazy people living in the mountains, snatching people. There's aliens. Um, there's like a portal somewhere. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, bunch-ass theory. We have to like be on alert for all these things. And honestly, my brain can't like handle all of
1: it.
0: No. Like I have a gun when I'm in the forest, but if it's an alien, it's like gonna work.
1: No. I don't know. I think you're defenseless unless you also have a beam of some sort.
0: <laughs> like a laser gun? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I'd even settle for a lightsaber. Like something. Lightsaber.
0: Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, got it. <laughs> got it. Please <laughs> stocked up before my next trip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, Things to be afraid of the forest. <laughs> of course, the forest is something to be afraid of. I always, love it, but it's scary.
1: Yeah. 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 I gotta be careful of the
0: bears, the aliens, the portals, the crazy people. That's it. lions. Yeah. Gold. Yeah. Bigfoot. Um, chupacabra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah just a never ending
1: yeah, and also you could not experience any of those things and get hurt on your own and not be able to get out yeah or be found that's also another thing
0: yeah or you could just get lost and not be able to get out right but we still love the
1: forest bottom line <laughs> forest very scary but wonderful place.
0: (laughs) Right, because most people, like I listen to podcasts, they're like stay out of the woods, so I'm like, no, we're still going. No, we're gonna go still, like forget all of the fears, we're going. Yeah,
1: we're from Wisconsin, we have to go in the woods. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, we're surrounded by it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, we're just aware of all of the dangers.
1: That's all you can do, really, just be aware yeah okay well thank you for our forest rant thank you for listening (laughs) to that and we love you we do bye Bye.
0: all the sins of wisconsin was written recorded edited and produced by fallon and mims thank you so much to all of our listeners supporters friends and family that continually allow us to do what we love
1: if you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to. And email us your center tales at
0: WI at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't, don't forget, we forget, we love, love you. you.